0: There he is.
1: Hey, hey. <laughs> hello, Mr. Prop. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well, thanks. That's good. That's good. Kim, I got my Freddy flyer on I today. see
0: that. Got the Biscuit <laughs> Tees going. <laughs>
1: the Perrant Favel Generation X podcast is powered by
0: Biscuit Tees and Favelle Fitness.
1: Bringing you unique comfort and style while optimizing a healthy, organic lifestyle. Yes,
0: Funny when I told my brother, Bernie, that we were having you as a guest, his first thing he said was he's like I just remember because Brian and I I lived in the same neighborhood as Brian growing up and uh my brother just remembers you running he's like he was in the best shape like he wouldn't jog he would run like all through our neighborhood for like and he's like I would just stare at him in awe and think man that guy is in the best shape ever <laughs>
1: yeah, that, was, that was good yeah <laughs> uh, that was something when, when Kim brought that up to me she said uh you know her brother used to really love when You'd see you running through the neighborhood. And my business, I work with a lot of younger elite hockey players, 14, 15, 16 years old, and physical fitness is just a a thing that I really, really believe in. And you were kind of a guy who was a bit ahead of his time with the the physical fitness. So, is that something you know from a younger age growing up, or was that you know what kind of was your your training regime? into the NHL.
2: And then junior, uh, like you know, for the Brandon and Wheat Kings the uh, last uh, three years, like I didn't really work, up that, work out that much. But then when Pat Troche, uh started with the team in 80, 81, he taught us how to work up a little better. And then uh, I think Bob Clark had his, his gym, like right there like next to Ponzios and then but I didn't go there that much like I think Dave Poolin went there a little bit more but I kind of wanted to work by myself and work with Pat Croce because he uh, he had the machines that were there and and he helped me uh,
1: to work up a little bit better.
0: Yeah you can't go wrong working with Pat what a great guy he is.
1: Well and that too um, you played under Mike Keenan he was a, a fitness guru what was that like?
2: Well, that was in uh, 80, 85 when it started. Uh, so, like, I was already six years into the, my career when Keenan was there. But uh, you know, that year, we had four guys that were rookies Tocket, uh, Zezel, uh, Mellenby, and Smith that were young. But at that time, like, with Pat, uh, you know, he, we, he, he taught us the right way to get in good in shape. And then, uh, then it went from there, but now, now the guys are making so much money that, uh, like they, they work up all the time. I, I don't know if they have as much
1: fun as we did. Because <laughs> we, yeah, Definitely not. And, and good stories. <laughs> that, that's what I found as a trainer, uh, uh, two years ago, I was working over at the MasterCard center and, and that's where the Leafs train. And when you talk about the amount of money the players make these days, Everyone was asking me, well, you know, you got Austin Matthews, you got Mitch Marner. I said, yeah, those guys make millions and millions of dollars. If they get hurt and I'm training them, I'm, I'm liable. So, you know, these big salaries, it's, you know, it, it's a great thing, but it's it's tough for these guys. They make so much money. You don't want to get injured. You want, as a trainer, that that was my big thing, was they make so much money, I was scared to touch them. Yeah.
0: It's a whole different world now with, um, you know, getting, like, like we said, with, Uh, Ray Shero the other day about that training camp was to get back in shape you know now it's like if you're not in shape when you get to training camp there's a problem you know so it's like a whole difference crazy how much the sport has changed through the years but you played with I mean you played with well Clarkie right you played against Gretzky you played like you're. how many years were you in the NHL total?
2: I was uh, 15 years in the NHL I started with the Flyers then I got traded at the end of the year for Boston and then into the finals. And, and then I was three years in Minnesota and then finished with Hartford. And then I played a year in France after that.
0: Oh, I didn't realize uh, you were but playing Yeah, playing. I, I
2: played with Bob Clark and uh, Leach and McLeish and Barber. It was the first five years, like uh, Bob Clark was still with, with my team. And then, then he became the GM. And then uh, when he got fired in 1990, uh, he, he brought me to Minnesota.
0: So it's just, okay. it's, yeah, through the your span of years of playing, just the incredible players that you got to play with. I mean, you were one of them, so, but, you know. And your first year, did I read right that your first year you went to the finals?
2: That was the year that uh, the NHL was uh, merged, and so there was only one league, and it, was, it used to be the World Hawk Association and the NHL, but it just merged, and, and, it, and it was an 18-year-old draft instead of a 19-year-old draft. So that's why, like, Bork... And Laurie Boshman uh, went ahead of me, uh, but that was okay because uh, you know the later that I got, the better chance I had to be in the playoffs. And uh, you know I remember like the first first game uh, we played against the Islanders at home, and Bill Smith was a goalie, and I scored the game-winning goal, and had an assist, and then we won four to two. And then it was uh, then, it, then after that we lost nine to two. And then wow. after I was like, wow, is this what the NHL is going to be like? And then we went thirty-five without a loss.
0: Yeah, which, which is, is uh, insane. the
2: record today. And then uh, they went to the finals that year. Uh, that was uh, when we played against number one against 16. That's why we played against the Islanders in the finals. Uh, because And then it changed. Uh, the divisions changed after that. So it made us a little tougher for us to get out of that division.
0: Yeah, that 35-game winning streak, that must have just been... like When you were playing in those games, were you conscious of the streak? I mean, I guess there's a part of you that you know, you're thinking about it, but... Yeah. How do- well, after
2: it, uh, well, I, I think after it was about fifteen games, uh, p- people started to notice, and then it went out to when it went to twenty games, uh, people, you know, wanted to beat us, and then and then from there, then we kept winning. And uh, then we tied the record and, and beat it in Boston, where we never won too much at that time. And then we kept going and went up to 35 without a loss, which was pretty amazing. At, at that time, like it was uh, ties. There wasn't no overtime and things like that. So, but, you know, it was uh, still pretty special for me My, as a rookie. And then Pete Peters was a rookie. And, uh, we, you know, so it was so nice to get started that way.
0: I don't know. I think that's going to stand. I can't imagine with hockey nowadays anyone passing that.
1: Touching on that too is like I said. You came out a junior with 194 points. That's huge in the draft going into your rookie year. Who, when you went to Philly, did did you have a roommate? Did they put you with an older guy or my first
2: year? Like uh, Ed Parvin was uh, the real estate guy, and his dad passed, and so. I actually lived with his his mother uh, my first year just uh, rented a room and then uh, my second year I went to uh, Mel Bridgman, bought a house in Cherry Hill after that but it was uh, it was special because uh, I was really naive and didn't know what I was doing my first year and I had to follow these other guys and you <laughs> know, they you know they, they led me the right way but uh, Frank B- 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 Bays was the guy that I hung out with the most of the time you know we went yeah. to Kaminsky's and had a few beer and uh, so, like that was fun then.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, good old awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so
1: I, I remember a couple summers ago, I was talking to Bob Kelly. He was talking about my dad. My dad was a, a bit older when when Bob Kelly came in, and he just said, "Man, your dad." I had no idea where I was going, what I was doing, and your dad just said, "Follow me, kid. I'll show you the way." So I, I always like to see, you know, how the the veterans bring the rookies in and and help them out. And good especially story.
0: Brian, you came from like a small Canadian town, right? Like you came from a small... Uh,
2: so like I, I grew up with a town of uh, 300 people. Wow. So my, uh, my dad was a Lutheran minister and I have two brothers and two sisters. We're all uh, 13 months apart. So we had our own hockey team. <laughs> and so that way uh, with uh, that, you know, less of people, uh, you just had to find a, a time uh, that you could put a team together. They usually played uh, with the older, older players to, to make a team. So the more hockey I had, uh, the easier it was for me. And we, we skated on the pond and then we skated on the rink uh, inside. So that was uh, how I, g- I grew up, uh, skating a lot and uh, practicing. And uh, my dad was a good uh, teach for me because he was a good hockey player at that time. And so I learned uh, all the right things to do, like by shooting and hitting the net and going to the rebounds and uh, how to be a good sport.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I was going to ask if your dad played and how you got involved. Did your brothers play too?
2: My older brother just played senior hockey, but then my younger brother, who was three years younger than me, played against him uh, at the end of my career with Brandon in in Regina, but he didn't get drafted, and so... uh, he was uh, disappointed with that, but he played a couple of years in uh, the Western Hockey League. But he just got a job with the city of Philadelphia, oh. uh, working in IT. And so, like, he's living uh, in Philadelphia the last uh, three months.
0: Oh, nice. And
2: so uh, glad to have him uh, with me.
0: I'm sure. That's awesome. That, you know, when was the last time you guys lived near each other, when you were a kid?
2: Yeah, yeah, a lot, uh, because it's been 41 years since I came here and, uh, but you know, in the summers, uh, when I first came back, I worked in the farm and uh, had to make some little extra money, but it was fun because in the 80s, uh, we didn't make that much money, but we had a good time.
0: Yeah. And you still close you with are- all the guys from back then?
2: Yeah, yeah. I still i am on the board of the Flyers alumni. Uh, we, we, we do a lot of things together. We have a golf tournament. We have runs and walks and uh, lots of things going on uh, the past four years with every home game as uh, the ambassador. But uh, since they're not having hockey this year, so yeah. I'm missing on that on that.
0: Yeah, you got to spend a lot of time with my dad in the past few years.
2: Oh you know, yeah, and so like he's in he's in Boca and uh, we just bought a place in uh, Marco Island.
0: Oh nice.
1: Did you say Marco Island? Yes. My dad's right in Naples, so he's right he's right by Marco Island down there, so. You have to send yeah. me his information and then we'll Yeah, there. for sure. Yeah, he's a, he's a big golfer.
0: He's a big golfer too.
1: Yeah. Right? Well, I was going to say too, Brian. What you do with the alumni is amazing. Like for my dad and, and Bernie and these guys, for them going to that golf tournament, I know my dad especially. You guys are top notch and taking care of the, you know, those original players is is something I just thank you for for keeping those guys involved and it keeps the spark in them and what you're doing. I really appreciate that coming from my family and I I know Kim probably feels the same way but you guys are doing a great job with how you take care of the alumni down there so
2: yeah I know so like uh, and and I also work with uh, Wolf Commercial Real Estate the last six years and what we've done is we've done uh, some celebrity hockey events we didn't do anything last year but uh, we did four hockey events I did use six former alumni split up the two teams and the goalies and uh, raise some money for the charities. There are six charities that I, I support, and so uh, that was really good uh, to to do that. We the last time we had the golf, uh, the hockey, we raised uh, eighty thousand for the six charities, and wow. then we have a golf tournament now in June, and we did one in uh, September last year, and we raised about forty thousand for the six charities that we support too, and and one of the other. Uh, companies that I'm working with is Bancroft, brain injury people because I had a massive stroke like five years ago where I couldn't talk or or move around. And and so I'm fortunate that I can still talk and uh, get along. And uh, I I still play hockey twice a week, Wednesday and Friday mornings with a group of guys that I know. Uh, I still can't, can't shoot that well because my fingers on the right side are messed up. But the goalies I play with, uh, they're not that good, so I can still score. And do
0: they go <laughs> that helps. <laughs> it saying,
2: is, it's is—it's can...
0: amazing, honestly, with the stroke that, you know, being so healthy, I'm sure that the stroke obviously came as a surprise and being so young, but just how you handled it and continued to golf and skate and other um, alumni that were around you would be just amazed at how positive you were, and, you know, it's just You're really such an inspiration as far as that goes. And even giving back now to the charities and all, it's really, it's really incredible.
2: Yeah. So like, and I, and I just started with my own Gaffa Cigar brand from the Dominican Republic a year ago, going really well. Uh, And uh, every box that somebody sells or I I sell, I give a percentage back to Bancroft. Because I'm their ambassador too, so like we do other events. Like we have an event like on the 25th, a Stroke Night, uh, where we do a virtual event where people want to come and talk and visit a little bit more. And and I did a, a nice video uh, when I when I started uh, skating back with Bancroft, and so it, it all adds up. Uh, but again, I'm very fortunate to be uh, better than uh, most people. Uh, a lot of people struggle with their rehab and. I still have aphasia, which means that the words don't come out the right way. But when I slow it down, uh, I I can still make the sense. And uh, I get mixed up with words every once in a while, numbers every once in a while. But that's a brain injury that we have, and you just have to deal with it.
0: I'm sure that you're... physical health and taking care of yourself all those years helped you recover with the stroke too. I'm sure that played a part in it.
2: Yeah. Plus I've always positive like your dad, Bernie, Mm -hmm. he, he, uh, what he's gone through is, uh, you know, much better. And, uh, but we're here to support each other, and, and it really helps that, you know, we have the Flyers alumni uh, as a family, and uh, we encourage each other. Like, I love working with Bernie, uh, because when we worked together with as an ambassador, that was a lot of fun, and we had people stop uh, and say hi and give people hope. And uh, so, like, I always like when people are positive and smiling.
0: Yeah. And you were two of the most positive and smiling people I know. So it was great to have to have the two of you doing that together. So you bounce off of each other. That's great.
1: I love all the pictures with, with you guys and the cigars. So that's yeah. something, if you want to move those up into Canada, I'm sure I can help you out with that. So.
2: <laughs> yeah. I think uh, like for, for the five pack, uh, like it's only an extra $10 to, if they want to, order online it's just yeah. for the shipping uh the five pack is uh, it's a nice variety like there's two mild two medium and a medora 56 by six inch but it's a nice package and uh so like uh, people if they want to try it that's they can order online and uh they they'll probably get them in a week or two
0: so what got you involved in that
2: uh, well, I always used to like uh, cigar when I played golf and when, it, when, I, when I was younger and uh, I wanted a good cigar and, and I didn't smoke too often, but outside on the golf course, it was just nice just to relax me and, and uh, not inhale. And so uh, I liked a good cigar. And so I was thinking about having my own brand. Uh, two and a half years ago, I went with my son uh, and Ken Dunnick, the former Eagle, in Santiago, in uh, dominican republic we visit a factory learned all about it uh, how to roll them make them smoke them and so uh, you know i just I, so i've been thinking about it for a while and so i found a company that uh, i work with uh, vivente cigars as a licensing agreement with them and so uh it's it's going pretty well. It's, and you know, I'm looking forward to the spring and summer. Like uh, I just already sold a couple of bundles uh, for the golf tournaments that are coming up. So uh, getting the name out. Uh, but uh, just so people know, they're they're really good. Uh, like I didn't something that really cheap. Uh, I wanted something with quality so that people want to keep ordering.
0: That's great. It's like I was gonna say maybe I
1: I thought your inspiration for the cigar was gonna be Bernie.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was just gonna say that a
1: couple boxes.
2: uh, So (laughs) I like to smoke. uh, You know, when we when we hang out together because we have a place in CIL City and Avalon, and uh, so I I go fishing uh, and see him all the time. And uh, where he is, like we're only like uh, fifteen fifteen minute drive uh, on the boat, and then and I I see him every once in a while. I wave every once in a while. Mm -hmm. and, you know, I give him some good cigars, and so he likes that, too.
0: Nice. Like, the awesome. smell of cigars, to me, is the best smell ever because it just reminds me of my dad. As a kid, he would come home, <laughs> and I would hug him, and he'd just smell like cigars. So, I, those people that love the smell of cigars because of that just warm feeling because it's my dad. You know, he's the cigar king. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Well. Plus, but it, it makes it makes a difference that they're, they're good cigars yes. because the cigars <laughs> are, they smell a little bit different.
0: Absolutely, it's not those ones you buy in uh, like Seven <laughs> Eleven. No, right. I have to bring this up. This is another thing. My brother, because my brother loves you too, but um, the Chelios hit. My brother was at that game, and um, he he remembers that every second of that as clear as day. Um, and just how, how scary it was. Were you conscious during the whole, like, do you re- remember everything that was going on during that hit?
2: Uh, well, it was in Montreal, I think. And so, like, uh, oh, so and I guess was he was the game of the playoffs. And then and then Hextall kind of, and in, in Philadelphia, in game six, like, he kind of took care of uh, Chelios. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I knew that he was going to hit me from behind. But he hit, uh, you know, a really d- dirty hit elbow right to the head and he he knew exactly what he was doing at that time I was a leading scorer in the playoffs and he knew he wanted to take me out and so of course I was knocked out right at the start and he didn't get a penalty for that you know at that time like it would have been 20 games at least a uh, suspension for a hit like that uh, but and he never said that he was sorry he, 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 that's just the kind of guy is—it's unbelievable. Uh, and so, uh, and I only missed one game, and then I went to, uh, you know we went to the game six, and then we down by two goals, and Hextall just had enough, and so he decided to stick up for me, which mm-hmm. I
1: admire Hextall for uh, backing me up. Oh, absolutely. How long do you think you would have been out for with a hit like that in in today's game?
2: Well, I had to pass the 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 line the the yeah. baseline, uh, so I had to do that. OK, so, uh, you know, otherwise, uh, you know, I, otherwise they wouldn't let me play. But, you know, then, uh, you know, then I knew that, you know, it was it was scary because it was tough for me because like I'm, I'm kind of lucky that I, I, I had uh, the whole summer to heal because yeah. uh, I, had, I kept thinking about it. Hey, listen, if I get hit again. But I knew that if I played again, I'd have to make sure that. I didn't have to be bothered by getting hit again. So like, if you think about it, it's not good. But that that whole uh, summer to heal made a big difference. Otherwise, I I could have gotten hurt a lot worse.
0: Did you have Um, after effects from that? Like, did you after that hit?
2: Just a little, some of the memory every once in a while, it kind of didn't, didn't work, but other than that, uh, you know, not, not too much.
1: One little question on that. Now you work with a lot of the alumni. I remember when um, Matt Johnson ended Jeff Bukaboom's career with a punch, they were together at a golf tournament one year and they didn't talk to each other. Have you seen Chris? Have you, you you run into him through alumni? Like you said, he never really apologized. But you know, do you hope there's a you know Chicago um, Flyers uh, alumni game?
2: Yeah, well, when, when I was at the funeral with Brad McCrimmon in Detroit from the plane crash, I just got a chance to say hi, and just that was about it. But didn't say too much
1: after that.
0: I just think it's incredible. He never apologized. There was no penalty. Like the whole thing is just
1: yeah and like you said Kim your brother was at that game and like I said in game six when when Hextall stood up and came out that was I was a little surprised because you had a team full of very tough guys who could handle themselves and Hextall took it into his own hands so that he had your back that's for sure so well it
2: says something about his leadership because he was upset about not nothing nothing happening before mm-hmm. that and yeah. so he, he he wanted to do something to make up a Amat and then and then, then he got 12-game suspension for that, which was not fair. And it yeah. really
1: hurt us at the start of next year.
0: Especially with Chelios getting nothing. <laughs> you know, it's right. like.
1: Yeah. Did it ever come up that Hextall had to take the 12 games? Did, did Dave Brown or anybody else feel a little bit guilty, like maybe they should have took the 12?
2: Well, I don't know. It was, <laughs> it was, it was in the playoffs, and so, like, uh, you know, you have to, you know, wait until the end and then you, yeah. you, have, you have a chance to win and so like sometimes you, you don't have the chance to uh retaliate.
0: yeah i mean making wow. it, having it be the playoffs definitely makes you think twice but i'm glad that Hexall did that and got that yeah. 12 games <laughs> personally yeah. we'll
1: have a c- we'll have a cigar this summer kim okay good yeah I'm,
0: i've even known to have a cigar a good cigar here and there <laughs> all Good right stuff. thanks so much brian i hope to uh, okay. see you in person soon
1: okay well wow. all right thanks brian Take
0: care.
1: the perron favel generation x podcast is powered by
0: biscuit Tease and favel fitness
1: bringing you unique comfort and style while optimizing a healthy organic lifestyle yes.